With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Tennis.com podcast, and here's your host, Ed McGrogan. Hi, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the third Across the Podcast. Ed McGrogan here once again to talk all things Wimbledon 2015. Uh, day three in the books now, and the third round is uh, 50% there. We know um, half of the matches, uh, there's no matches that did not finish on Wednesday. Uh, everything, uh, that we know we can, uh, we know with certainty, of course. And, uh, I want to get into that, you know, right away. Uh, I wanted to start though with one of your questions. Like I said, you can tweet them to at Ed McGrogan, E-D-M-C-G-R-O-G-A-N, and we'll take them on, uh, on the Across the Podcast. So, um, question that came in yesterday from Damien uh, Petrak, uh, which is at Damien Sport One. The question is which under 21 player from the ladies' side will break into the top 10? Um, and overall, who has the best future? Um, and immediately, what you think of when you think of promising young WT players. As Damien also tweeted me after, you think of Belinda Benchich, you think of Madison Keys. Um, and although I specifically have talked up Keys a lot because it's it's so hard to ignore what we saw from her at the Australian Open, just the sheer power that she can over you know, that she can handle, you know, most any player with a serve like that. Um, you know, if you think about really the you know, if you kind of take it to the the men's game a little bit, where we've seen so many huge serving players that you know we think, oh, like you know, how could they not get to the top five? How could they not overwhelm some you know more versatile player with just one shot? You know, that hasn't happened. It's the more consistent all-around players. Um, you know, I mentioned that. I know we're talking about a women's pick here, but I do think that's something to consider. And I've been impressed with Benchich, um, you know, sp- specifically these past few weeks. And, you know, this is really only her grass play, of course. But Benchich has been real, real good. Uh, for one, she beat Madison Keys, who we're just talking about, 6-2, 6-2 in Eastbourne, among with a number of other impressive wins. Um, she beat Rodwanska, Agnieszka Rodwanska in the Eastbourne final to win her first title. She's up to number 22 in the rankings. Um, she's had a, a solid year pretty much from start to finish with the exclusion of the really just the early beginning. Um, and, you know, for Benchich, one thing I do think is a possible, you know, boon to her 
success, and especially when compared to uh, to Keys, is look at the environment around her in uh, in Switzerland and how high Swiss tennis is, how it's lifted by the two, you know, great players, you know, men's players in that country. Um, you know, for Keys, what I ha- and and I think with that, Benchic has sort of an opportunity to kind of make that an impression, not of that of that amount, but and the women's side. You know, she could be that player for the country going forward. Now, for Keys, it's a little bit different story because you know, with Serena, of course, is the is obviously an all-time great. Um, Keys eventually will be on the receiving end of many of these questions that U.S. men's players have been asked since Andy Roddick, Pete Sampras, Andre Agassi, Jim Courier, Michael Chang, etc. called it a career. And I think the pressure is a very, you know, I think it's a very real thing that um, can interfere with a player's development, especially these young players. You know, you even saw going into Wimbledon, um, Benchich saying that she feels no pressure. That was quoted in the Express um, after she won Eastbourne going into Wimbledon. And we've already heard Keys talk about the pressure that she faces as being seen as, um, you know, a, a possibly the face of U.S. women's tennis when the Williamses decide to call it a career. So to answer your question, I'm going to go with Benchich on this one. I do like the future prospects of her a little bit more than Keys at the moment. And, um, and we'll, you know, we'll see, we're going to have a lot of time to decide who ends up um, being the correct answer there. Could be somebody else, you know, at chalk flew up. Uh, at chalk underscore flu underscore up, Adrian also put uh, Anna Kanju in the mix there, saying that these three really stand out from the up and coming group. Um, so we'll see who, um, you know, eventually who who takes the mantle and really does turn out to be, uh, you know, the best women's player in, say, seven or eight years. Of the more immediate women's conversation, that's what I want to get into now, is. Um, is two players that are definitely uh, far away from their teens, Serena and Venus Williams. They both win their second round matches today. Serena over Tamea Babos, 6-4-6-1. Venus with an entertaining two-set win, 7-6-6-4, over uh, Yulia Punitseva, um, player who has a, who had a short stature, big serve, serving almost 115. Um really invested in this match, which is um, in terms of racket throwing and such. So a, a, an entertaining late-day match, uh, but uh, an, a strong one for Venus to get through in straight sets. And if Serena and Venus do win their next matches, they will meet on Monday at Wimbledon, as if Monday at Wimbledon isn't an, a compelling enough day with all the round of 16 matches being played in one afternoon. Um, they'll be playing Heather Watson gets Serena, so you know obviously center court billing for that. The British player, um, you know, it's uh, it's certainly going to be one that most everyone in Britain will be paying attention to for a variety of reasons. Venus will get Alexandra Krunic, who, as I mentioned in the first podcast, was the player who uh, made a little run at the U.S. Open recently. She gets the uh, upset win over Sarah Arani, the 19 seed, 6-3, 6-7, 6-2. Um, 
so two, you know, tough tests for the Williams sisters on what will be Friday on uh, their third round matches. But uh, but you have to expect, uh, especially because from Venus's point, we haven't seen evidence of Venus tailing off because of ailment or fatigue. Um, she played a very she you know she she won a tight first set tiebreaker uh, in her match today, and you know certainly held her you know really established the terms for the most part. Um, in a, in her match, so you do have to expect to see that Monday Williams match, um, which would be obviously outstanding. We'll we'll see, of course, if that comes to pass. Um, the rest of the uh, the rest of the third round that we know on the women's side, we have Moden- Christina Modenovic to play Victoria Azarenka. Um, both winning in straights. Azarenka 6-3-6-3 over Flipkins. Flipkins uh, semifinalist two years ago at uh, Wimbledon. She lost to Lizicki in that match. Um, Modenovic um, who has made her, I think, really a tough opponent for a variety of players with her game. Um, Azarenka, though, steadily taking care of business. You know, very little talk, I think, about Vika going into this event in general. Um, the winner of that match would play the winner of Belinda Bencic and Bethany Maddox-Sands. I just had my said my piece about Bencic. Um, the upset today, you know, of the of both draws is is Bethany over Ivanovic. Um, qualifier. Maddox Sands has now won two matches in straight sets. Always had my reservations about Ivanovic. I don't think those are ever going to go away because of, you know, the clear disparity that you see when you compare the vintage Ivanovic of the pre-Yips era and when she was really established as the premier young player in the game compared to now where um, you just you just can't assure yourself of a uh, you know of a clean match and uh, you know Bethany to her credit um, I think I think a good low I think a good grass player good hits a nice low flat balls um, and someone who if she was on which she was say troubles Ivanovich that's what happened um, we'll play Benchic who won. Seven five four six six zero. So Maddox Sands and Benchich, tough one to call, I think, for that reason, uh, because I did like what I saw from Maddox against Ivanovich today. Uh, but Benchich, as I said, so strong on grass in particular, really, and it's tough to go against that moving forward. Um, the thirty seed, moving down uh, the draw. Sharapova, really clinical again, 6-3-6-1 winner over Raquel Hogenkamp. Uh, no trouble there at all. She plays Arena Camellia Bagu, the 29 seed, 7-5-6-7-7-5 winner. Um, winner of that would play either Andrea Petkovic, who uh, followed up her 6-0-6-0 win with a 6-3-6-1 win over uh, Mariana Duque Marino. And Zarina Diaz, also a winner, 7-5-6-1. Um, Sharapova, certainly, I think, a heavy favorite in this section, of course. Um, Pekovic only has dropped four games, of course, though. 
moving down the draw. Coco Vandeweghe with another women with another upset today on the women's side over the 11 seed Carolina Pliskova, seven six six four. Vandeweghe really with all the keys talk and with a lot of you know other young WTA prospect talk kind of overlooked a bit, but over over time has really put together a pretty solid young start to her career, and. Um, Certainly a strong player on grass, too, with with a big serve of hers. She is uh, 23 years old now, and, you know, I, I think someone that is going to be perhaps one of those dangerous floater players all, all her career, we'll see if she really materializes into a, you know, a much bigger player than that. Uh, number 47, though, in the rankings of WTA, and, you know, had a nice little had two nice tune-ups going into Wimbledon. Um, when she went four and three overall in three tune-up tournaments. Um, so I think, you know, um, with that win over Pliskova, who has had, had her best results earlier in this season thus far, um, Vandaway's run can continue, too. Uh, she'll play Sam Stozer, who beat Ursula Rodwanska, Six three six four, um, Vandeweghe certainly not uh, not out of you know the the realm of of moving forward as well to a possible second week to play Stozer there. Um, what may be the best third rounder could be Sloane Stevens against Lucy Safarova. This is the final third rounder that we know. Sloane a six four six four winner um, over Lucy Lauren Davis. Excuse me. Um, plays Safarova next, a 6-2-6-3 winner. Um, two players playing um, very well recently. Safarova, as we mentioned, uh, sort you know just escaped her first rounder over Allison Risk, but you know comes back with a, a, a pretty straightforward second round match. Gets Stevens next. Um, overall, this bottom half of the bracket, um, you do have to like where Sharapova stands at the moment. Safarova, Petkovic, Stozer are these seeds of note around her, uh, but only the only one third round match in that we know of features two seeded players. There's been an upset in every other match. The only one is number four Sharapova against number 29 Begu. So for as much as Sharapova, uh, ha- I think has to like where she is in the draw. She does nominally at least get the toughest opponent going forward. Um, with that, let's head to the men's men's discussion here uh, after after day three. Some pretty nice third rounders, as you're going to see, were developed were um, formulated after today's play. Start right at the top with Djokovic versus Tomech, who met at Wimbledon. In 2011, Djokovic, I believe, won in four over Tomic then. Tomic still um, a teenager back then. Gave, you know, I, that gave Djokovic, who had went on to have a career year and win Wimbledon, of course, uh, one of his tougher matches of that fortnight. Djokovic, no trouble over Niemann, 6-4, 6-2, Tomic over Herbert, also in straight sets, winning two tiebreakers as well. Um... For that, I uh, I do 
perhaps this is a Djokovic match that gets ta- that he maybe he'll get his court number one placement in this match. You don't you don't always get the center court placement, even if you are the world number one. Eventually, you you do tend to get shifted out just because time and space is limited. Uh, Wimbledon does start play on center court until 1 p.m. local time. Uh, so there are, you know, there are time constraints, and so I think, I think you can see perhaps see that as a court one match, and uh, and maybe that's to the advantage of uh, of someone like Tomic, kind of freeing him up a little bit. But truthfully, not to say by any means that that Tomic is a favorite here, but when Tomic is under these, it can go two ways with Tomic when you look at this match with Djokovic. A, he's freed up of any expectation that we get to see a very loose home match, which often leads to some of his best instinctive play. Uh, on the other hand, when the spotlight is on, sometimes you do see that Tomic just kind of just can't answer his much higher-ranked opponents. We've seen that at many slams, too, before. Um, so it's, you know, obviously you pick Djokovic to win this match, but how it could how that win could could all play out is tough to tough to discern for me um could be straight sets route could be a tough one we'll see uh next up in the third round leonardo meyer number 24 against kevin anderson anderson i think is a he- you know pretty heavy favorite in this with his serve his you know his big forehand um Meyer defeated Granollers, obviously a more of a slow court player to get to the third round. Anderson needed four sets to get over um, Marcel Ilhan, six seven seven six six four six four. But you know, with that said, I think I think Anderson is largely being looked at as you know possibly someone who could throw a wrench into Djokovic's draw. Um, with his game, and I do, I do expect Anderson to get through that one pretty, pretty comfortably, uh, setting up what will be a, um, I think a, you know, not an easy fourth rounder for Djokovic if they both advance, of course. Um, one player who did, you know, certainly a tough win today, Marin Cilic. You saw a lot of him today in a long match, entertaining match with Ricardas Barrancas. Uh, sort of a blast from the past named Barrancas who who made a lot of um, caught a lot of eyes at the Australian Open about four years ago with a run to I believe the fourth round but really hasn't gone on beyond that the likes of which Raonic, Dolgopolov, um, even Tomic to some degree that they were able to do. Barrancas has not even been close to their level uh, even though some of those men are pretty inconsistent still of course. Uh, but we saw what Barrancas, what he had, what, what talent he has in this five-set test with Chilich. Chilich wins six three four six seven six four six seven five on center court. A match that was put onto center court uh, because of a of a couple a, uh, a couple quick matches. I'm gonna can't exactly remember if it was quick matches or if it was because of Nishikori pulling out. Uh, that said, um, regardless, this was a, this was an entertaining one in center court. Chilich gets Isner next. Um, that will not be on center court, I can almost assure you. Uh, it's going to be big hitting tennis, obviously. Quick hitting tennis. Isner to the third round, 6-2, 7-6, 6-4. 
Um, I'm going to check this up now, but I would be surprised if Isner has made the fourth round at Wimbledon before. Let's give that a quick look. For as much as Isner identifies with Wimbledon with the Mahout match, grass has never really been his surface. And, uh, you know, playing Chilich in the next match, Chilich seemingly getting a little more, uh, you know, a little bit more confidence going on here uh, after really a super slow start to the season. It won't be easy to make the fourth round this year as well. Um, so, you know, Isner, though, what we've seen from Isner in the slam zone in the past is really any match that's been best of five has in in some part caused him trouble. It's it, They're just not a guarantee for a player uh, of his height of his physical movement you know what how nimble he can be um and in fact Wimbledon is the only Grand Slam tournament he has not reached the fourth round in um tough one with Chilich but it's not like Chilich is a sure thing by any means either right now despite his number nine seed uh the winner of that match will certainly get a great shot at the quarterfinals because They'll either play Dennis Kudla or Santiago Geraldo in, a, in an unseeded third-round match. Kudla with a great run already, of course, beating Pablo Cuevas in round one and Alexander Zverev um, in the second round, 6-3, Kudla um, gets Geraldo, who, as I alluded to earlier, advanced by a walkover because of a... Um, hip of a hip injury that sides lines uh, Nishikori. Nishikori pulled out early today, the number five seed, really opening up, calf injury, excuse me, um, really opening up that part of the draw, and you see, you know, what we mean with that unseeded third rounder. Um, second quarter of the overall draw in the last, you know, the last four third rounders that we know, Stan Vavrinka um, looking very comfortable so far after his French Open win. Second straight straight sets win over this one over Burgos three four and uh, seven five. Plays Fernando Verdasco. Verdasco prevents a one-handed backhand delight because it would have been Dominic Tiem against Ravrinka. That might have been the you know probably the most powerful one-handed backhand battle you could ever imagine uh, with the shots those two hit. Um, Verdasco, like I said, uh, has had success at Wimbledon. He's had success pretty much everywhere. And he goes five sets and wins um, over the 32-seed TM, winning the last two sets, 6-3, Stan, at this point, any loss to someone who is an unseeded player for him has to be considered a huge disappointment. Um, And I do not see Verdasco having enough really just firepower to hang with Vavrinka at this point, even though I think I think Verdasco can control a little more of the play because of the spin he can create and the speed of the grass, which uh, I think actually benefits him as opposed to the bigger hitter Vavrinka because uh, of kind of the setup time that the surface prevents Vavrinka from, from having um, as compared to, you know, the Terra 2 at Roland Garros. Moving down, winner of that will play Baghdadis or Gofan. Baghdadis wins in five. Uh, no surprise there to many of you who have watched Baghdadis player of the years, but he did come from two sets down 
to win in five over John Millman. Gofan uh, is second straight straight sets win. Uh, this one over Liam Brody. Uh, that's another un. That's excuse me, 16 seed Gofan unseated um, Baghdadis. And then you have the last two third rounders, really compelling ones: Dimitrov versus Gasquet and Kyrgios versus Raonich. Um, a great stat, little tidbit reminder by Brad Gilbert in the Dimitrov Gasquet match. Gasquet is actually four and zero against Dimitrov lifetime. Um, would never have guessed that, and I uh, and Gasquet, you know, also to his credit, a very good Wimbledon career too. A former semifinalist. Um, played R- Federer here in the past. I believe that was his semifinal opponent back in 06 or 07. And uh, and as for you know, as for Dimitrov, you know, an, I think a very impressive straight sets win today over Steve Johnson. Not an easy one. Two tiebreaker seven six six two six seven six. Uh, but to take care of Johnson in in three sets, someone who hits as big as him, very very good win there for the Bulgarian. Excuse me for Dimitrov. Do not let me say the countries again, as I've expounded on this podcast a little bit already. Um, Dimitrov had a big turning point, literally a point in the first set tiebreaker. I believe it was eight all, and um, Johnson I think had some set points as well, but a slice backhand up near the net uh, called out challenge grazes the white chalk and uh, Dimitrov eventually wins that replayed point and then takes the tiebreaker 10-8 goes on to win in straights Gasquet over Kenny DeShepper 0-3-3 very convincing there too Uh, tough match to call for all those reasons I mentioned with Gasquet um, and Dimitrov pretty one-handed backhand match too if you Missed out with the, uh, you know, the TM and uh, Vavrinka match that wasn't. Finally, Nick Karios and Raonic. Raonic, well, we'll start with Karios. 26 seed gets by Juan Monaco. 7-6-6-3-6-4. And Raonic, taken to four sets, nearly taken five by Tommy Haas. Wins love two, then loses 6-7, and then wins the top four-set breaker 7-6. Um, this match was headed for com- blowout territory for much of it. Haas, though, summons some uh, something from the 37-year-old body uh, to make it really competitive at the end. Uh, would love to see that go five personally to see uh, you know the response from both men. But Raonic goes on and takes the breaker, sets up a match with Kyrgios. Um, sort of like Kyrgios in that one is a mild upset only because of... Um, I think Kyrgios, I, I think the, I think right now there's been a lot of talk about him recently for a variety of reasons, but I think, you know, I think the big events, you can say what you want about him with his overall, um, really sort of respect for the game and what he thinks of, of, I think his place in as a professional, but there's no doubt that for the big events, this guy gets up to play. And we saw that last year at Wimbledon. I'm sure he would love to be back on center court again. Um, we saw at the Australian Open. And uh, he uh, even saw for a brief fleeting moment on Arthur Ashe Stadium last U.S. Open absolutely steamrolling Tommy Robredo in one of the one of like the most 
one-sided performances I remember seeing in any tennis match before out of nowhere um, Karios eventually wilts against Robredo and um, and I, I think oh, I think he has the game and I think he has the mentality to handle a Raonic and um, we'll see uh, it, that would take him to the second week of course you know back to where he was last year when he beat Rafael Nadal um, that's day three's action and what we are looking ahead to day five from these two sections of the draws once again Tweet any of your questions to at Ed McGrogan, at E-D-M-C-G-R-O-G-A-N. I'll take them on the next Across the Podcast, a look at Wimbledon from Old England. Oh, excuse me, a look at Wimbledon in England from New England. This, of course, recorded in Bucolic, uh, Danbury, Connecticut. Once again, a very nice day. Applause of the day goes to the weather in... Um, in New England, a sharp contrast to the record high temperatures at Wimbledon that we heard about today, 95 degrees, um, tough stuff, but uh, for one day at least, I think I was glad to be watching it um, on television, but it's always tough to watch when, you, when you've been there before. So um, in any event, that's why we're talking about it. It's, it, you know, it's obviously, to, in my mind, the tournament of the year. I don't think it's even close um, in terms of the other slams. It uh, it's a big one, and uh, we're curious to see who is going to uh, make the most of of this fortnight. We'll talk about it all on tomorrow's Across the Podcast Day Four edition. Uh, until then, this is Ed McGrogan. Thank you for listening here at Tennis.com. You've been enjoying the Tennis.com podcast. For all the latest news and events, head over to Tennis.com.